This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Bratt. And I'm Sydney Lowley. <laughs> Colin told me to pump up my energy before we started. Seconds so. ago, Sydney was yawning <laughs> and sad and now she's screaming. I'm Sydney Lowley. Hey, you told me to pump up my energy. And so you nailed it. I just did. Now, suck it. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> this week... Uh, we're still reading as we've it's only been a few weeks but we're starting again to read Way of Kings by Brendan Sanderson yes. this week we read chapters 11 through 13 which yes. may sound like three chapters but is in reality six chapters There's a lot of chapters <laughs> <laughs> they're very short this week relatively well, most some of, them, of them most of them are pretty number short number 12 was a real long yeah number 12 is pretty long here coming up next week we have chapter 15 which is even longer oh so, boy so be ready listener <laughs> but yeah so once again, 11 through 13. That's six chapters. Make sure you get those read. Um, that's not how math works. Yeah, I know. It's stupid. <laughs> but here we go. So, uh, oh, and, 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 and next week, you're going to read chapters 14 through 16. Just three next week. Just yep. three. All righty. Now I think it's time to actually go, right? Yes. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to get us started this week. This week, uh, I'm starting with 11, which is droplets. The death rattle for chapter 11 says, three of 16 ruled, but now... The Broken One reigns. Collected, Chachan, 1173, 84 seconds pre-death. Subject, a cut purse with a wasting sickness of partial irreality descent. What the heck is a cut purse? I don't know. You actually don't know? I, don't, I actually don't know this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to guess someone who cuts purses. <laughs> That's also known as a thief, but like a, dam- <laughs> a damaging one. A um, damaging one. A thief who cuts a purse and then dips before they catch him. Okay. Um, I have no idea. Also, this one seemed like a really long time before he died. There was a minute and a half after he said this where he just kind of like sitting there like, yep, that's it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nothing just else. It. I got nothing else to say. All right. So this chapter, we hop right back in with Kaladin still being sad. Poor uh, Kaladin. It's at the end of the high storm that was happening at the end of last chapter. Yeah. So he when is still dipped. Yeah. So left. It's the same evening that that boy died. The boy who reminded him of TM died and still left him. And he is uh, very sad, basically. It's been a rough day for him. It's been a rough day. And Kaladin just kind of gets up and starts wandering out into the high storm, which is very, uh, once again, strange. It's a strange thing. Yes. not You're not supposed to go out during high storms. Because they're very deadly and dangerous. Yes, and like tornadoes and thunderstorms. Exactly. It's a, imagine a tornado and thunderstorm mixed together. Yes. That's what the beginning Ooh. of a high storm is like. That sounds like no fun. Though, to be fair, I feel like most tornadoes start as, like, thunderstorm-ish. I don't disagree with you, Sydney. So it yeah. kind of makes sense. Imagine a tornado that touched down in a giant line across the land instead of in one place. That's kind of what <laughs> the start of a high yeah. But now it's low enough that he's able to walk out. He walks out and as he's walking, we don't know what he's going to do yet, like where he's going. Yeah. And as he's walking, he gets stopped by uh, Gaz, who oh. says, out for a stroll, your lordship. Stinking Gaz. Yeah, and so Gaz, what he's doing out in the storm is he is going to collect his spheres, which he left out to get reinfused with stormlight. Yeah, I don't think this has been dis- this has been uh, discussed yet, but spheres go done eventually, where they don't have light, and yeah. the way you reinfuse them is leave them out during a high storm. So I don't know if that's like, which is a weird vibe. I mean, it's pretty neat. It's a neat. It's a yeah. neat concept. It is a neat concept. The storm is magic, as proven by the fact that the, sphere, the spheres come back to light. Yep. And Gaz basically keeps asking, like, what are you doing? Why are you out here? 
And eventually he breaks Kaladin down and says, and Kaladin goes, I'm going to go jump in the honor chasm. And Gaz is like, oh, and because that's committing suicide, it's seen as like taboo, but also like the last right they have. So he's yeah. not going to try and stop him. But he starts to walk away and Gaz calls Lordship. And it's like, oh, is he going to be nice? And he says, leave your vest and boots. I don't want to send someone down after you. It's so awful. I freaking hate Literally, Gaz. Literally, come on, Gaz. <laughs> Dude's about to go kill himself. And that's what you're thinking about? Yeah, Gaz is Ugh. like actually really bad. I'm really not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of Gaz either. Um, He's the worst. Yes, he is. So uh, Kaladin leaves his, takes his jacket off and puts his boots in like a puddle, which yeah. I like to believe is just to spite Gaz. Ha ha. Here are wet shoes. Oh, for sure. Um, which I think he deserves. Oh, for sure. And so uh, Kaladin leaves them and he walks towards the uh, the honor chasm. And I'm going to say, just as a warning for listeners, this week, this chapter, I'm going to leave out a lot of the fine details because we have a lot to get through for one. Yeah. And for two. It's a lot of like pretty accurate depression mind. Yeah. And that's hard to describe, but also very well written. So go read it for yourself yeah. if you want to hear like, I mean, go read it for yourself anyway. Yeah. But also because it shows a very a pretty good job at like the emptiness and the weirdness of a guy's mind going through a moment that's terrible. Yeah. Um, And he in his brain keeps hearing voices from like his dad kind of. Yeah, uh, and it, like the things his dad has said, and he is—he's crying, and he's saying, "You're right, father. You can't stop a storm by blowing harder. You can't save men by killing others. We all should become surgeons, every last one." That'd and be a lot of surgeons. And he's like crying and freaking out, and he's standing at the edge of this void, at a point where the fall would be certain death. Yes. rain is falling. He's watching it. Yes, and he also thinks about, like, he thinks of his life as a fall through a chasm, essentially, uh-huh. where he says. He sees the raindrops falling and they're falling cleanly to the bottom. And he's like, I hit every bump and scratch that I could have on my way to the bottom of my life. Yeah. And so he's he's he but he also says, I wouldn't go back and change it because I earned my scars. Like because I worked for this. Yeah. It's a weird, like poetic moment, but I like uh-huh. it. Yeah. And he, it's it's a little sad, though. It is very sad. Um, And he puts his foot out over the void. And he falls. That's the end of Gaz. Chapter over. Gaz? I mean. I made Kaladin, gosh darn it. Darn. Puts his foot out over the void and dramatic reading begins. <laughs> so here comes a dramatic reading. Kaladin. He froze at the soft but piercing voice. A translucent form bobbed in the air, approaching through the weakening ring. The figure lunged forward, then sank, then surged higher again. Like it was bearing something heavy, Kaladin brought his foot back and held out his hand. Sill unceremoniously alighted upon it shaped like a sky eel clutching something dark in its mouth. She switched to the familiar form of a young woman, dressed fluttering around her legs. She had in her hand a narrow, dark, green leaf with a point divided in three, black paint. What is this? Kaladin asked. She looked exhausted. These things are heavy. She lifted the leaf. I brought it for you. He took the leaf between two fingers, black paint, poison. Why would you bring this to me? He said harshly. I thought, Sil said, shying back. Well, you kept those other leaves so carefully. Then you lost them when you tried to help that man the slave cages. I thought it would make you happy to have another one. Kaladin almost laughed. She had no concept of what she had done, fetching him a leaf of one of Roshar's most deadly natural poisons because she'd wanted to make him happy. It was ridiculous and sweet. Everything seemed to go wrong when you lost that leaf, Sil said in a soft voice. Before that, you fought. I failed. 
She cowered down, kneeling on his palm, misty skirt around her legs, drops of rainwater passing through her and rippling her form. You don't like it then? I flew so far. I almost forgot myself. But I came back. I came back, Kaladin. Why? He pled. Why do you care? Because I do, she said, cocking her head. I watched you, you know, back in that army. You'd always find the young, untrained men and protect them, even though it put you into danger. I can remember. Just barely, but I do. I failed them. They're dead now. They would have died more quickly without you. You made it so they had a family in the army. I remember their gratitude. It's what drew me in the first place. You helped them. No, he said, clutching the black bane in his fingers. Everything I touch withers and dies. He teetered on the ledge, thunder rumbling in the distance. Those men in the bridge crew? Sill whispered. You could help them. Too late. He closed his eyes, thinking of the dead boy earlier in the day. It's too late. I failed. They're dead. They're all going to die. And there's no way out. What is one more try, then? Her voice was soft, yet somehow stronger than the storm. What could it hurt? He paused. You can't fail this time, Kaladin. You've said it. They're all going to die anyway. He thought of Tian, and his dead eyes staring upward. I don't know what you mean most of the time when you speak, she said. My mind is so cloudy. But it seems that if you're worried about hurting people, you shouldn't be afraid to help the bridgemen. What more could you do to them? I... One more try, Kaladin, so whispered. Please. One more try. The men huddled in the barracks with barely a blanket to call their own, frightened of the storm, frightened of each other, frightened of what the next day would bring. One more try. He thought of himself, crying at the death of a boy he hadn't known, a boy he hadn't even tried to help. One more try. That's so sweet. I love Syl. Also, can I just say, go me. I was literally right with my theory that (laughs) Syl was going to save him from probably jumping off the honor chasm. Yeah. So go me. Also, go me for, I don't know. I just, I really liked my voice for Syl. I like my voice for Kelly. It's good. (laughs) Um, Also, go Sydney for being right about the next thing that happens. Because after he decides to take one more try, he takes a, a walk back up. Uh, the hill towards where he saw Gaz earlier. Yeah. Um, and Gaz, uh, basically, as he's walking, he, by the way, he has a good thought. I don't know if it's exactly now, but he says, Kaladin Stormbless is dead, but in his blood has become Kaladin Bridgeman. Yeah. So uh, he is now, he's decided he's a different person than he was, yep. but he refuses to give up. Yep. Uh, and as he walks up, he sees Gaz, and Gaz says, too cowardly to go through with it, your lordship. Well, if you think I'm giving back, and then Kaladin freaking choke slams the dude. <laughs> honestly, you get to this point, and I'm like, honestly, just thrilled that Gaz is getting put in his place. Yes, Kaladin, slam the boy. <laughs> Pop off Kaladin. We don't normally support violence here. I don't know but... what you're talking about. I'm all about violence. <laughs> Hit them. You punch can't them, say that. Punch them. Colin, punch them. Colin, you cannot say that. <laughs> um. But yeah, he took slams Gaz and basically says, I'm bridge leader. The last one died today. Uh, you're going to make me bridge leader. Also, I'm instead of paying down my slave's debt, you're going to give me my pay. Yes. And I'm going to give you one fifth of my pay to stay out of my way. Yeah. 
And Gaz basically has no choice but to agree or else he will get joke slammed harder. So he says, okay. Yeah. No more Gaz. And then Kaladin walks into his barracks, walks up to the first dude. None of them talking, all basically looking away from each other. Yeah. And he walks down, uh, kneels next to the guy, and the guy cringes back from him. And he goes, Kaladin goes, what's your name? And the man says, storm off. And he says, look, friend, you can tell me your name or I'm going to keep bugging you until you tell me your name. <laughs> and the man says, um, Teft, my name's Teft. I, that's my Teft voice in my brain. Okay. Because <laughs> um, Teft is an old grouchy man. Yeah. So Teft. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then Kaladin says, I'm Kaladin, your bridge leader, and goes to every other man in the barracks and gets their names. Yep. Because he's going to be a bridge leader who cares about his men. You know what I don't understand, though? Yeah. Um, so Kaladin's bridge leader, but he also just made someone else bridge leader. How does that work? Kaladin's bridge leader. Uh-huh. But made someone else bridge leader. So he's like not you are leader. bridge leader. He's not saying I- I'm Kaladin, you are bridge oh leader. Oh my gosh, you're right. It's why are you are. You are totally not right. Y-O-U-R-E. I read that as you are bridge leader. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? I was like, what are I, you talking about? <laughs> I can't believe I read it like that. I promise you I know the difference between your and y- your. Yeah. But I really, for some reason, my brain read it as you are bridge leader. No, yeah. I he, was, like, so confused. I was like, how does that work? There are two bridge leaders now? Like, what? Yeah, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so dumb. Okay, you know what? Never you mind. You also look pretty dumb. <laughs> anyway, he, um, yeah, he gives everybody's names. And he's gonna he's making a point to, like, try and do it. And it ends with a, once again, baller way to end a sentence. It says, he would find a way to protect them. Um. And that's the end of part one. Sure is. Okay, theory time. Okay, theory couple theories, time. couple theories, couple theories. One, what's he gonna do with the, with all that money he's getting now instead of paying down his slave's debt? Um. So I think somehow he's gonna use it to buy other people's freedom, mm. and uh, eventually maybe buy his own if he can. Yep. Um Or he maybe buy food to feed his men. Yep. To help them survive. Um, just something to help. I think something to help the his men survive. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then what's he going to do as bridge leader to try and protect them? Do you have any guesses about what steps he's going to take to try and be protective of his bridgemen? Um. Well, I think he's going to try and help them. Like maybe. Uh, I don't even know. Like gain gain some muscle, gain some speed. <laughs> just do some um, working out. You working know. Working out. Uh. But I also think he's going to find a way to somehow maybe carry the bridge a little bit differently so that there's less people in danger. Right. If that makes sense. So the people on the outside are more protected somehow. So instead of carrying it like the way they carry it, they're going to try and do something else. Yes. That's fair. Um, yeah, I guess that's 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 the area of the theories that we have about this. Um, nope. I knew Sil was going to come back. What's the deal with Sil, by the way? Sil, okay, I still hold to my thought that Sil is like somehow, yeah. you know, someone from the past. Okay. Because... She's been watching over him for a long time, even before, you know, he saw her. Yeah. So I still think that she's someone from the past who has somehow become a, like, I wonder if all the Spren are like spirits. Yeah, maybe. So here's a a few things now that I have to say to you, listener. Sometimes I see things in here that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. But I can't tell Sydney about them because that would spoil things. And so occasionally I'm just like... I hope she guesses right so I could talk about it. And then if she doesn't, I'm like, 
Did I guess wrong? No, you get you fine. Your guess is fine. <laughs> it's it's not actually terrible. It's not a terrible guess. You can't tell but, me anyway. Yeah, exactly. I can't tell spoiling. you. So I I ha- sometimes I'm like, I wish that city would just nail it in one, so that I can <laughs> I can talk about how cool the thing is, and that doesn't always happen, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, that's the end of mine. Now we enter the interludes, which uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to say about it other than now it's time. Oh, if you're wondering, interludes are like between the actual story, we get to see from some other people and what they are doing at that moment. So not like the main characters, but just other characters in, in the world and what they're doing. Yes. So our first interlude is with Sydney. Go ahead, Sydney. I am in the interlude. Just yeah, me. This is the Sydney interlude. The, the Cinderlude. The Cinderlude? The Cinderlude. Um, okay, anyway, so the interlude is called Ishik. Um, there's no death rattle on this one. Just a cool little drawing. Yeah, just a cool little drawing. So it's about a dude named Ishik. Oh, that's a good naming. <laughs> yeah, good job, Brandon Sinnerson. Um, but basically... Ishik is walking through uh, water. Um, he's holding like a little bucket, trying to catch some fish. Uh, he's not not doing super hot, but the water he's walking through is called um, the Pure Lake. The Pure Lake. So it's just like a, a big lake, huge, miles and miles and miles big yes. lake. Um, but he's walking through it, trying to catch some fish. It's also uh, worth noting the lake at its deepest is like six feet. It's a very very shallow, yes. very huge lake. Yes. Um, he's trying to catch some fish. He's only caught like five. He's yep. not having much luck. Um. And four and so of them are basic. That, four of them are boring yeah, fish. Yeah, four of them are like basic fish, and then one of them is kind of rare, which we find out a little bit more about here later. Um, but he's walking through the, this uh, pure lake, and he's thinking about like the fact that the pure lake is life itself, and he thinks about there's like some gods that he thinks about. Name some have. gods, yeah. Yeah. Um, Weirdly well thought through religion for a dude who shows up for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like this dude shows up for like a flash, and like he has a whole religious setting going on. That actually like kind of makes sense. Yeah. In the well, his religious setting, I'll explain it now. His religious setting, he, so he's got this God that he believes in, but there's his, the God's like brother is mm-hmm. like evil. He's got like an evil brother. Yeah. And basically out loud, Ishik has to say that he like supports and follows the evil brother so that the evil brother doesn't take like vengeance on yeah. Ishik for supporting his good brother. So in in his head, anytime it's not in spoken, the character says "noon relic forbid," but anytime he says anything out loud, he says "vun makak," because vun makak is the evil brother. So any any yeah. spoken thing as such a weirdly well thought out and explained thing for such a short moment. It's funny, but that's a cool little. That's neat. Yeah. That's so neat. It is. I cool. love neat things. I, the more I've done this podcast, the more I realize how much I appreciate neat things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But he. Um. So he walks back to like the village, and he he heads into this house with uh this lady named Mabe because he has a meeting. Yes, he's got a meeting there. Um, I should say this house. It's kind of cool because. The house, the floor of the house is like a thin layer of water. Yeah, it's still in the lake. Yes, it's still like part of the lake. Like the village is in the lake. And he's going to this meeting to meet these three foreigners. And there's a table in the the house that's higher off the ground. So the foreigners don't put their feet in it. And Ishik thinks that's weird. Yeah. Because I should say also that Ishik doesn't wear a shirt because he is like sunlight's good for you. Mm-hmm. and why would you cover that up like you're not getting sunlight and also the water is good for you so he judges the foreigners because he's like yeah. why aren't you guys putting your feet in the this water? dude is a vibe i strive to live my life like ishik does <laughs> dude is like chilling doesn't even have a house he sleeps on his raft most yes. nights like he does not give yes. a crap and i love him and he's going to mabe's house and mabe is trying to get him to marry her yeah and um he's like no but 
he also thinks, well, maybe I should marry yeah. Mabe. Um, but he he gets to Mabe's house and he tells her that he didn't really catch much. Um, he asked if her uh, his foreigners are here and they are, and they just kind of uh talk a little bit about how the fishing's pretty bad. Um, Mabe gives uh Ishik like free soup and Ishik's like, well, crap, that means now I owe her. But then he gives her a a coal grill fish, yep. which basically a coal grill is um, a very lucky fish. It's supposed to cure aching joints for a good month after you eat it. And Mabe has really bad like And also aches. lets you see the future in the clouds, he thinks, yes, which yes. isn't necessarily true, but <laughs> yeah. it makes me laugh. Yeah. This fish not only helps with aches, also gives you prophecies for yes. a class. What a weird yeah. little thing. Yeah, but um, he gives this to her and she's like, well, now she owes him. And yeah. so he's like, well, but she can't catch me now. Yeah. And basically their whole vibe is that Mabe is trying to catch him by giving like things, things to yeah. him. And then he does the, the opposite so that they're like kind of equal and not, you know, it's. I actually love it. Yeah. It's a fun. It's a fun little vibe they have going on. They're also. It's so cute. I. Man, I ship them. Man, do you want fun? Do you, okay. I'm going <laughs> to spoil something. You want sad? No. No, it's a little. Not not spoil like story. We never so far in the next books see the pure lake again a single time. Then what is the point of this interlude? It's to tell you like what's happening. People are searching, searching out the person. Like you'll learn oh. in a second. But silly. I really want to see more pure lake. Yeah. And also he's talked about it in interviews. The fifth book will have more pure lake. He says Yay! because everybody's like, I want to know more about the pure lake. I want more Ishik and Mabe. Yeah, I want them to fall in. I hope when we go back, they're married. I hope when we go that back to the Pure Lake, they're married. That would be amazing. I'd be such a fan of that. Anyway, continue. Okay. Anyways, uh, so uh, Ishik walks over to his foreigner friends, and the foreigners have names, but he's he thinks they're giving him false names, and so he gives them false names, and he calls them Blunt, Grump, and Thinker. Blunt, Grump, and Thinker. Yep. And I just think that's funny. I um, love Blunt. I love them. Yeah, but he gets there and uh, Blunt says, you are late, Traveler. And Ishik's like, what? And the, the other guys are like, we were supposed to meet at noon. And Ishik's like, who follows time? Well, actually, he says, he, they say, you're late. And he's like, isn't it Wednesday? And they're like, yes, but we said Wednesday at noon. <laughs> and he went, who keeps track of the hours? Yeah. Like, I'm here in the right day. You're lucky. Yeah. Um, but basically, Grump asks, so I should say Thinker doesn't talk much, which is why he got named Thinker. But yeah. anyways, um, Grump asks uh, like uh, Ishik to give him this report. And Ishik's like, well, I haven't seen this dude you're looking for. And I've been searching for five months and yeah. I've never seen him. And we find out his name is Hoyd. And we know if, the boy. Yes. If you listen to Warbreaker. Yeah. And if you haven't, go listen to it. Yes. But if you listen to it, you would know that Hoyd came up in Warbreaker. Yeah. He so, was a storyteller. Yeah. So that's just kind of funny. And now they're searching for Hoyd. Because the boy jumps worlds. Yeah. Also, so do these three, but Sydney doesn't know any of them. So nope. they're not they're not important. No. Nope. But um if you're an avid reader, make your guess and you don't know, make your guesses about who these people are. Uh wherever you want. But it'd be cool if you posted it in our comments on Instagram. Yeah. I would love to see because I Googled it because I'm a cheater. Don't Google you? if you don't know, don't Google. Tell me who you think these three are, because they all are from other of his books. Yeah. Okay, well. Um, it's just, it's funny because the, he's looking for Hoyd and yeah. Ishik hasn't seen him. And then the, basically the foreigners pay Ishik and then they leave. And that's really basically the end of yep. the chapter. So this chapter's whole point is like, people are looking for a dude named Hoyd. Remember Hoyd. that. Uh, then it's my turn. Interlude two. Oh, wait. 
Any theories about Hoyd? What's he up to? Um, what's Hoyt's whole deal? What's Hoyt's whole deal? You would have you've read the book that has the least helpful Hoyt information. I was information gonna say Hoyt of, had like nothing in that of book. Of all of the books, Hoyt is always around, and he's so much more engaged in every other one than this That's one. That's not helpful. So uh, every other one, sorry, than uh, Warbreaker. Yeah, because you started with that one, you don't know much about Hoyt, so you have no nope. theories about Hoyt. Um, let's see. I think that Hoyt has caused some trouble. And they're trying double, to... Double, double toil and trouble? What? <laughs> I don't know. I just It's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they're trying to catch him and arrest him. Because I think he's caused some trouble. Yeah. So, Sydney, keep your eye out for Hoyd. If you think you found him, do the Hoyd alarm. Something like this. Hoyd? Hoyd? <laughs> yeah. So, if you think you see Hoyd, feel free to do the Hoyd alarm so okay. we, can, we can discuss when you think you see him. Um, next interlude, my turn. This is Non-Balat. Who is the older, the oldest living brother of Shalon? Yes. Uh, and Nambalat opens this this chapter with the sentence: Nambalat liked killing things. Yay! Nambalat has some mental issues. Yeah, Nambalat is not great. As do all of the Devar people, all of yeah. Shalon's family. Shalon seems the most sane. Uh, she's doing her best. <laughs> she, she's definitely more sane than the others. Yes, but any yelling and she breaks down, she got some trauma to unpack as well. Well, yes, but at least she's not killing things. Fair enough. Or um, anyway, he, he is slowly and painfully pulling leg after leg off of little crabs that he That's catches. That's terrible. That um, image is just awful. Can you imagine being the crab? Yeah. It says he didn't like to talk about his habit. He didn't even speak of it to Elida, who I'm assuming is his wife. It just—it was just something he did. You had to keep your sanity somehow. No, that's not. That's not good. That's the first sign of murderers are doing stuff like this, yes. tearing legs off of animals. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is—he is basically uh, just doing that. He describes his property a little bit where he is in Yakoved, um, and he's walking. Well, first he hears something called. Um, Songlings, which are little crab things that have arms that beat on their tops to make little beats. Yeah. But it's a cute, it's a neat thing. Yeah, Basically, neat. what you've learned in this so far is that everything's crabs. Yeah, there's everything's, a lot of crabs. Everything's crabs. There's no, mostly crabs. The only, if you yeah. see animals that aren't crabs, they're probably from uh, Shinovar. They, they mentioned that, like, later we see horses in this reading. Yeah. And he, they mentioned that they're from Shinovar. So apparently, Shinovar is the only place that crabs are, aren't the only animal. He walks over to Scrack. His pet named Scrack. Yep. And Scrack is a, um, oh, what's a it called? Axe hound. An axe hound. So describe an axe hound for me, Sydney. Um, well, it's funny because when this first popped up, I thought it was like a actual dog. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like one. Kind of like a dog, but um, basically they've got like little antenna on their head. Mm-hmm. And they've got six legs instead of four. Yeah. And they don't have shells or like skin or stuff, but they're it's like a fusion between the two, like hard so skin rock. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. Also, all the animals that make noise, all the crab things, they have like trumpeting voices that overlap with themselves, yeah. which is neat. The idea it sounds like like two different trumpets going whenever it makes noise. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, but Scrack has caught a songling and tore off its legs, like father, like son, I guess. Yeah, seriously. Or daughter, I guess is a girl. Scrack's a girl, but they both the. Uh, Tears off most of the arms and legs. Freaking non-balot takes a moment to be like, I should take that and tear off the last two legs. And then decides to let Scrack do it. Because, you know. Yeah. Gotta let her have her fun. Um, And 
then he goes and sits down on a on a bench and thinks about how he doesn't like himself. He's like he's a he has issues walking. He's like crippled on his leg. Yes. He tears off things. He feels like a coward. The fact that he yes. let, made his let his sister go do this danger thing and not him makes yes. him feel bad. Yeah. Um. And then his brother runs over Shalon's brother as well. And the brother's name is Tet Wickham. Yeah. Who has some severe depression depression issues. Yeah. But he's okay right now. Yeah. In this chapter, anyway. Well, he says he got over his recent bout of sadness. So apparently yeah. he was just recently dealing with it. Oh, one more thing. Okay. It mentions here only quickly. I notice it in reading, so it's not a spoiler because it mentions it. Yeah. He Nambalat used to hate Shalon. Yes. And the reason was because Shalon didn't get beat really badly. Yeah. His dad didn't bother beating Shalon. Yeah. Which implies that his dad had no issue. Beating the other children. Yeah. So that could very well contribute to all the son's issues. Yeah. All three of the and remaining that's sons. that's why Shalon has the least amount of issues. Yeah. Shalon has a dad who refused to beat her but would beat all the other people. Well, isn't... Okay. So we know there's two sons and isn't there... A, three sons. Well, I know, but the one son like ran off and left or something or died or something, right? Non-Helloran. Non so Helloran. Yeah. Helloran is dead. And then yes. so there's Nambalat, yes. Chet Wickham, one more brother who we don't oh, see. Oh, that's one. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Shalon. So there's a total of five kids. Now there are four because the one's dead. Yes. And the dad's dead and the mom's dead. Yeah. Lots and lots of dead. Lots and lots dead. Shalon's family is kind of Shalon's family is kind of screwy. Yeah, and, not great. Yeah. And basically, uh, what's his name? Tet Wickham comes out and says that uh we have a problem. And Nambalat says, How large a problem? And Chet Wickham says, pretty big, I'd say. Come on. And then the chapter ends. So what's the problem, Sydney? Give me a theory. What's the issue that they have? Oh, by the well, way, they just learned that Shalon was okay via, yes. it says via span read. Yeah. What do you think that is? Uh, Some kind of like message thingy. Yep. Good guess. <laughs> uh, and then what's the um, problem? So I think the problem is that um some of the, because we know that uh, they've got enemies, right? And so my guess is some of the enemies have just popped up onto their little island land. or wherever yeah. they live. Not island. This is a yeah, property. <laughs> just property. So they pop up onto their land and are demanding to see their father. Maybe. That's, That's guess. my guess. All right. Uh, your time to hop in with a with a with your chapter, yeah, Interlude so 3. Interlude 3. So it's, it's titled The Glory of Ignorance. Yep. Um, there, again, is no death rattle here. But we get to see Zeth again. Whoop, whoop. That's so, the son of the police. If you remember, if you remember Zeth, uh, he was the one who killed the king. The assassin in yeah, white. Um, so it's been... Baller boy with powerful magic. Yes. So it's been five years later, and he hasn't summoned his shard blade in years. Yep. Because uh, he doesn't want anyone to know he has it. Yes. He doesn't want to because after he killed the king, um, the Parshani just dumped him. Yeah, so there's a something called an oath stone. Whoever yes. holds it owns him. Yes. And the person he just, as they were running, left it, and he had to go find it. Yes. Then he stripped naked and waited for someone to find him. Yep. Um, which is pretty sad. Yeah, his whole it. his whole deal is sad. Tell yeah. him what this. So right now, there's a dude who has uh who owns him. Yeah, his name is Took. Tell him what Took makes him do to prove that he'll do anything. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Took uh calls him Kerp first off because it means child, and a lot of times the truthless have like not truthless really the Shin people. Well, no, he's a he is he is a oh, truthless of Shinovar. Yeah. So it's like if I said I'm a Pratt, yeah, not, no, I'm a Pratt. Right. Yeah, I'm a I'm a podcaster of uh, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, his people have really sorry. Large... Let me change that. I'm a podcaster of Caucasian. I think it's more accurate <laughs> the way he, the way I would he would say um, it. But he he his people have like really la large round eyes and like 
he's they're really short and they're bald. bald. Yeah. And so they get made fun of for being children a lot. Um, Imagine little baby face with the magical and murder powers. That'd be wild. Very intimidating. It's like Chucky. I don't think he's that short. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get my idea though, right? Yeah. But imagine like people think of him as like a child. Imagine that like dude's freaky. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, uh, Tooks tells uh, Zeth to stand up. He does. Uh, tells him to jump up and down. He does. And then he tells uh, Zeth to pour Tan's beer. So Tan's is one of his companions. Yeah. To pour Tan's beer on Zeth's head. Yeah. And Tan's like, hey, now wait a minute. Don't do that. And Tooks like, okay, fine. Don't do that. And then he says, all right, Took says, Kerp, cut your arm. And so um, another, there's another man there who I will say, his name is a- uh, Amark. Yep. And he, I will say, at least tries to get Took to stop Took, this. that ain't right and you know it. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, Took tells Zeth to cut his own arm. And so Zeth does. And then Took tells him to cut his own throat. And Zeth's like, I can't. You know I can't do that. I can't kill myself. I am forbidden to take my own life. So that's a, not a great little interaction. The fact that you you really glossed over made the dude cut his arm open like he's bleeding now. Yes, just he to is prove that he would. Now. Yeah, um, T- Took's a bad person. Yes, Took's Took's. I wish Took would die. And we haven't gotten there yet. We'll do that later. Yeah, he's in the wish you were dead right now. Yes, um, but Took also meant Took also mentions Took also mentions Took also mentions Took also mentions. That um, Zeth is kind of like a light eye, but not. Yeah. Like, he talks very, like, formally. He, you know, seems, like, fairly smart. He doesn't, like, talk back or anything. And he just, he doesn't act like what you would expect for, like, a, a slave or a servant. Yeah. And they ask, his companions ask Took how he got Zeth. And basically, he makes up this story about, like, finding him on the on the in the mountains and stuff you know this is whole yeah. like made up story and uh basically what we learned like i said earlier after he killed the king zeth was left by the Prashendi. they kind of just dipped on him and zeth also has some really bad like ptsd yeah from that night when he killed the king which is why he hasn't used his shard blade in so long yeah because he got some really bad ptsd and honestly i cannot blame him Yep. I would also have PTSD, I think, if I was ordered to kill somebody who did literally nothing to me. Absolutely. Um, but Zeth basically is told by Took to agree that this is, in fact, how Took found Zeth. Um, yep. Again, it's not true. Zeth, since the la- over the last five years, has had a lot of different like masters, and mm. none of them have kept him just because he like makes the way them he uncomfy. yes he makes him uncomfortable. Like, they can kind of sense that he's more dangerous than he acts and appears to be. And again, like I mentioned, he doesn't talk like you would expect a servant to or act like you would expect a servant to. And that yep. makes them really uncomfortable. Yep. They, you know, the, the they start to leave. Took, yep. Take Zeth away and they start to leave. And took, as took they're, Zeth. Wa- as, after they're walking <laughs> down a... <laughs> they're walking down an out al- like an alley, yep. or like down the road. And all of a sudden, Took just falls over. And, and Zeth is like, Zeth, he's so drunk. Stop it, Took. And then he goes to p- pick Took up. And Zeth realizes, dang, I cannot say his name. Zeth. Zeth realizes that uh, Took's been stabbed in the neck. Took dead. And Took took a knife <laughs> to the throat. Yes. And, <laughs> um, took, took. They basically, 
Took's been robbed. He was murdered, and then they try and rob him, and they're like, well, that was worthless. Like, you know, he doesn't have that much. And then they look at Zeth, and they're like, well, we can sell this dude. Yeah. yeah. And they find his, his oath stone, and he basically tells them that whoever has it, uh, you know, he says, so long as you possess it, you are my master. And he says, and the guy, the people are like, your master, what does that mean? And Zeth's like, I must obey you in all things, though I will not follow in order to kill myself. Yeah. And they're like, you'll obey me. Like, you mean you'll do anything I say? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, anything? And Zeth's like, yep. And then the chapter ends with, well, ain't that something interesting? Something interesting indeed. So now Zeth has a new master. Yes, ma'am. He sounds a little sketchy to me. Does sound a little sketchy. A little sketchy. Theories about what's going to happen to Zeth? Um, well, I think this dude is going to somehow find out that Zeth has a shard blade. Right. And he's going to make Zeth kill Chaos. people. Chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Alrighty. Well, now we're out of the interludes. Hey, Sydney. Yeah? Read this part two page for me. Part two. The Illuminating Storms. Dalinar, Kaladin, and Adolin. Any names that are uh, oddly omitted? Shalon. Guess who we don't get to hear from. I know. For the I next, figured that out. For the next several weeks. I, I figured that <laughs> out. And that makes me really sad. So she got her little spot with Jasna, and now we get to wait and wonder. I figured that out because I was I looked at that and I uh-oh, was like, oh, the names are also, missing. Also, uh-oh, something really bad happened. And now we get to wait Yay! and wonder about uh-huh. what's gonna happen until literally right now we're we just gonna next week we're gonna be in chapter 14. We don't get to find out until chapter... We, the thing doesn't end until chapter 28. <sighs> so we have quite a time before we discover... I'm going to miss Shalon. What is this garbage? Yeah, Shalon dips on our on, on the story for, you know, a few weeks. Let's see how many weeks it is. It's going to be... Uh, the, the Counting this one. One, two, three, four, five, six weeks. Oh, my goodness. Until we get to see Shalon again. That's just lame. But for now, we get to meet... 120 new characters. Yay! First, there's a map. Colin gets to do this long chapter. Oh, this is a long chapter. First, there's a map, by the way. And on the map, it's a map of the Shattered Plains. And it's a little thing that says, Prime Map of the Shattered Plains. In the east, you can clearly note the tower, the largest plateau of the area. War camps are visible in the west. Glyph pairs and plateau numbers have been removed to preserve the clarity of this smaller reproduction of the original hanging in His Majesty Ilikar's gallery of maps. So that's cool. Yep. Yep. That is pretty cool. Anyway, uh, this chapter 12 is called Unity, and it uh, is not does not have a death rattle. A death rattle. It's got some other little rattle. It just says, oh, friend, I hope this missive finds you well, though, as you are now essentially immortal, I would guess that wellness on your part is something of a given. I think it's a letter. From who to who? Or a prayer. It could be a prayer, too, but I think it's a letter. From, a letter. From who to who? I don't know the answer to that one, <laughs> but I do think it's a letter. Yeah. Um, and it opens with somebody who we don't know yet. It's new characters. Yep. So I am just going to rattle off as fast as I can because this chapter is like 40 pages long. It's really long. And I would like to to uh, get through it with as much clarity, but without rambling, if that's fair. Yes. Okay. So what we learn. They're going on a hunt for what they call a chasm fiend. On the hunt, there is uh, the hunt is is inspired by King Elokar, yeah. who is the king, who is the son of Gal- Galavar, Gavilar. Sorry, Elokar, son of Gavilar, brother of Yasna, nephew of Dalinar. Yes. Um, 
and cousin of um, Adolin and Renarin. Yes. Wanted to go on a hunt. There was a chasm fiend that had been spotted living in the chasms near Dalinar's war camp. Yes. So Dalinar has a procession going out to go on this hunt. Uh, yes. On the hunt, there are some other high princes who are the people who own their own war camp, essentially. Yes. The high princes that are on the hunt with Dalinar is uh, Sadius. Yes. And Vaha. Yes. Is it Vaha or Vama? What is I the- think it's Vama. 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 So what we know about them so far, Dalinar has shard plate and blade. Elokar the king also has shard plate and blade. Dalinar's is gray, by the way, not painted. Elokar's is painted gold. Uh, Sadius has shard plate, but no blade. His shard plate is painted red. Adolin, Adolin, Dalinar's son, yes. has shard plate and blade painted blue. Yes. So that's that's all the th- important people. Renarin, sh- uh, Dalinar's other son, has something called a blood sickness, and so is unable to hold a hold, like. To, basically, he's not able to fight because he has yes. uh, he's he's ill. Yeah, he's unwell. Um, are there any other important things I need to do before I get into like the actual narrative? I don't think so. Okay, so now now I can get into the actual narrative part of things. Yes. Rather than okay, so opens and it's Adolin's perspective. Um, he basically he is following behind all of the high princes as they walk, march and talk. And Renarin is like whispering to him because Renarin does not want to be there. He feels uncomfortable around the important people. Yeah. And um, Adolin doesn't really want to be there either. Yeah, because there's, Sadius is talking and, and flinging lots of barely veiled insults towards Dalinar. Yeah. And Adolin's like, I'm going to cut your head off. Yes. Like he is so mad at Sadius for insulting his father. Honestly, fair. Yeah. Um, and so Renarin's like, I don't like the way you are when you're around Sadius. Let's back away. Um, and that's, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it's also kind of told, said that father has episodes. So Dalinar yes. has episodes during high storms. Yes. We're not sure exactly what that impl- entails yet, but we know that that's the case. Yes. Um, and rumors of them are spreading across everywhere. And yes. Dalinar is a basically soldier of legend. He's known as the Blackthorn. And the fact that rumors are spreading that the Blackthorn weakens yes. is a big deal. Yes. And Adolin hates it. Yes. He wants everyone to perceive his father the way he does as a hero, as a powerful man, all these things. Yes. Um, and yeah, uh, basically Sadius is just continually uh, throwing insults. Here's one insult. Um, thank you. Uh, here's one insult like Sadius throws. Uh, Elokar says, good job getting gem hearts, Sadius. And Sadius says, thank you, your majesty. Though the competition grows unexciting, as some people don't seem interested in participating, I guess even the best weapons eventually grow dull. As he looks at Dalinar, yikes! The man who is known as a weapon, like yeah, dude is that is rude and mean. Oh, for sure. And Adolin's like, I want to duel you so bad, my man. I will Adolin's rip a, you apart. Yes, Adolin's a big fan of fighting. Adolin's a big fan of let's rephrase of dueling. Okay, he makes fine. it clear that he loves dueling. dueling. Um, yeah, and that's kind of like uh, what happens in Adolin's perspective, and then we yeah. switch perspectives sorta to Mr. Dalinar Colin, the Blackthorn himself. And in his mind, he keeps having this phrase repeated over and over: "Unite them." And it's revealed that he he heard that phrase. It's revealed later a little bit. He yeah. heard that phrase during one of his High Storm episodes. Yes, he heard a big booming voice say, "Unite them." Yes. Um, and basically, they're getting closer to the hunting site. 
Elokar grows tired of Dalinar's extensive uh, safety precautions. Yeah. Because they can't make any progress until Dalinar has somebody scope out the plateau they're going to and make sure it's all safe to go to. Yes. So essentially, Dalinar's being overly safe. Adolin is following Dalinar's orders because he's his son. Yeah. Elokar and Sadius are like, come on, my man. Yeah. Um, Basically. Basically, I'm going to skip ahead because there's a lot of details that you should read, but they're not important for the story moving forward. Yeah. Uh, now that you know he's bored, that's the important part. Uh, Dalinar, Elokar basically is like, how far away, dad? Uncle, he's kind of a where whiner. can I go? And Literally, that's exactly how I imagine him. I'm not going to lie. And Dalinar is like, I guess if we got up on a high point, you probably could see where we're going. And Elokar's like, like up there, points out the 40 foot little like spire out of the ground. Yeah. And I was like, I guess. And Elokar says, five bucks, whoever gets up there first, and then takes off sprinting like on his horse. Yes. Um, and so Dalinar decides to chase after him. Uh because he's and he has a moment of like letting himself have fun. We should also point out that um Dalinar and uh his son, uh whose name I forgot, Adolin. Adolin. <laughs> yeah, you know what I meant. <laughs> um he <laughs> Uh, they have like special horses yeah. that are bigger. They're taller. I don't remember what they're called right Rashadium. now. Yes, they're bigger. They're taller. They're stronger. Smarter and smarter. And they also pick their riders. Yeah. So if if they don't choose you, they will buck you off. Yes. And so in all of the war camps, which a reminder is ten massive cities. Yes. If you look at that map, by the way, and see the shattered plains, and think it looks like there's not. They're like you need to remember each of those little circles on the side is like a huge like. Chicago-sized city. So yeah. imagine all of those as Chicago-sized cities side by side by side next, and then that will give you a scale of how big everything else is. Pretty large. Is. Huge. Um, and uh, they basically race. Dalinar, his Rashadium makes him start passing Elokar and gets up ahead. And then they race with the, the thing. Dalinar could have won, but right before he does, he has it gets hit with the memory, the memory of unite them. And um, Dalinar also real quick while yeah. he's racing has a moment where he just kind of forgets everything and just enjoys being in like a race again yeah. like everything that's been bugging him suddenly just goes away which is really cool yeah he and he is like suddenly like swept away and having a great time yes but right before he wins he hears the unite them booming voice pauses lets Elokar win and then it's like i'm glad i did that look how happy i made my nephew can i read what uh his vision says yeah so it says um you must unite them. You must prepare. Build of your people a fortress of strength and peace, a wall to resist the winds. Seize squabbling and unite. The Everstorm comes. Which we heard from. We did. Yes. One of the death, death so metals that mentioned that. makes me wonder if maybe... The bringer of death. The Everstorm. Said one of the death rattles. Yeah. Yes. So, well, theory wonder... bait for later. Theory bait for later. Yeah, okay. Theory bait for later. Okay. I might forget um, it by then, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was during his first vision. The reason he thought of it was because in his first vision, he was standing on top of a platform like this one, yes. looking out over like shattered remains of cities and stuff. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, that's a lot of theory bait. Yes, it is. But now it cuts to Adolin's perspective again. Yep. And Adolin watches as the king jumps 40 feet from the top of the thing all the way to the ground and thinks, I bet my dad didn't like that. Well, because they've got like shard played on right yeah and it obviously it it helps them like run faster they can like jump higher and stuff and they also can like fall like that distance but it's still dangerous like it's a fall that he he'll be fine he should be fine but it's but it still could, it, it could yes, kill him it could really harm him because the plate the plate can crack 
Yes. And so like if it, it could have cracked and hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and essentially Adolin is just doing some army stuff, making sure everyone's prepared to go in the right direction and everything. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. Uh, and he sees his dad climb down and his dad climbs down in a safer way. And Adolin makes a note. He seems to take the safer pathway more and more often. And he often seems to find reason to give me command as well. Can I also say we meet a dude named Tarlar? Yeah. His only job is to like say, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. So the thing is, in this chapter, this is the reason we've changed the way we do uh, rank the characters. Yes. Because this chapter has about 30 characters who show up say, hi, my name is Tarlar and I'm speaking. So you must rank me. Goodbye. And then that's their entire purpose. Like, I'm sure they have purpose in the story. They have purpose in the story. They do things. But. Essentially, in this podcast, what it boils down to is, hi, we're another name to put on your list. Peace out. And then yeah, they run away. Basically. So that, <laughs> that's kind of annoying. Sorry, I just wanted to put that out there because we'll rank them later. So I wanted to make sure yeah. everyone knew his name. Adolin thinks a little bit about how like, man, my dad seems to be growing a little bit weaker, which is yeah. not, he doesn't like that very much. Then as Adolin's walking away, he hears two of Sadius's men talking crap about Dalinar. Yeah. And he's like. Oh, if I wasn't on duty right now, I would stab you in the eye. Yeah. But he. Bar- Barshan and Lomard. Once again, talk once, never seen again. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. they do talk and they are named. Yes. So they're in there. But Adolin has following what's called the codes, which no one else follows except Dalinar follows to a T. And because he's Dalinar's son, he also is made to follow it to a T. Yes. So he's wearing his suit exactly correctly. So is his other son. So is Renarin. Because. Da- we kind of learned this a little bit later, but I'm going to ex- kind of explain it. Yeah. Dalinar was wicked drunk on the day his brother died. Yeah. And now he's making sure that he will keep the sun as safe as it can be. Honestly, I don't blame him. Like, I feel I, I feel bad for him because he obviously feels very, very guilty for being drunk while his brother is dying. And yeah. I feel like this is a fair reaction to have. Like, he could have gone, like, so much worse yeah. Like down a rabbit hole and instead he like he's trying to do things better so that the same thing doesn't happen to his brother's son. Yeah. Which seems respectable to me. Yep. Uh Adolin rides up to the king in Dalinar. He says, We're almost there. Elikar says, We saw from up there. We knew. We saw from up on top. We know we're close. So a few of us could ride ahead. And Dalinar's like, Elikar, there's no point to me bringing my soldiers if you're gonna run away. Yeah. So we're gonna wait. And Elikar says, Fine. And basically sets up like a whole tent and stuff for him just to chill under. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, because you must picture there are hundreds and hundreds of pe- hundreds of people with them. Yeah. Scribes, people writing things, uh, keeping track, measuring, yeah, protecting. Like, so it's a big operation they have got going yes. on. Yes. Um, and so they wait for a minute. Like there's honestly, he walks up, uh, Adolin walks up to his his dad who's looking to the distance and his brother who's standing there. And then we have a fun little interaction here where they talk about uh Adolin's dating habits. Adolin courts women like no other. He is such a player. This man has had like four different girls in two months. And he went on a date with one while courting another. And yes. now neither of them will talk to him. Like, seriously, come on, dude. He honestly deserves it. He gets riz. This dude's <laughs> got some. I'm Gen Z. I'm allowed to say it. This dude's <laughs> got some riz. No matter what our audience seems to think, I'm Gen Z, and I'll continue to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, yeah. So basically, basically, Adeline tries to complain about the king, and Dalinar says, uh, the king is learning to lead. He needs this hunt. He needs to prove to himself and to others that he's still strong and worthy to command a kingdom at war. 
That's why I encourage him. A successful hunt under controlled circumstances could bolster his reputation and his confidence. And Adolin's like, this is what people need to see of you, dad. You are not weak. You're very, very intelligent. Yes. You're very, very good at this. Yes. Why don't you let people see this more? Why are you hiding and like letting your reputation become weaker? Yeah. That's kind of Adolin's thinking about that. Uh, then Dalinar mentions that he saw in his vision the thing to unite them, and so he kind of wants everyone to retreat back to their homeland. Yes. Leave this, leave this fruitless war that no one yeah. seems to be wanting to actually fight. Yeah. Because Dalinar's like, it's not a, it's, they're acting like it's a game. We want to fight. We should be wanting to fight, but we're, so we need to go back so we can unite. Yeah. And Adolin's like, why can't we unite here? Why can't we make it one big force and push into the enemy army? Yeah. And Dalinar says, perhaps. And then um, also Adolin sort of, sort of goes like, Promise me you won't say this to Elokar yet. Promise me you'll you'll wait to say that you want to retreat until later. You already are seen as weak. I don't want people to think you're like a, a, a quitter. Yes. Dalinar says, we shall see. And he goes, father. And Dalinar, I love this line. He says, you've made your point, son. And I've replied to it. Do not press the issue. Ha- um, and then do not press the issue. So like, just like, I'm the dad. You're the boy. Listen to me. Let me handle it. Yeah. And I appreciate that again. Yeah. I kind of like him. Dalinar is very like straight laced, but I kind of like him. Yeah. He, yeah. I just, I feel real. I do feel, I like him, but I feel bad for him. It is cool though to see how he, he is very intelligent and it's really cool to see like kind of, he's got a lot of like up and down growth in this chapter, I think. And it's cool to see, I think how he can go from being this like seemingly weak guy to you know, really strong. Like, there's a lot to unpack in his character, I think. Absolutely. In just one chapter. I mean, yeah. we'll see him again next chapter. And the next too, chapter but... also, he gets the same yes. kind of deal. Yeah. Um, And then, the wit shows up. Yay, wit! Um, Literally, the wit cracks me up. The wit is essentially, a king's wit in this book, essentially the jester. Yeah. Uh, But not for jokes, but for insults. The yes. king can't like insult people it's below him yeah so the wit's job is to show up and be a jerk <laughs> literally okay this is gonna sound terrible but i feel like that would be low-key a fun job oh yeah my family get murdered because people hate my you, family's but... fool my family's name is pratt which means fool or <laughs> idiot that's right <laughs> and fool, likely my family was a king's a jester at some point or a king's fool that's why we're our name our name was given when we were jesters. We were the king's fool or idiot. That's hilarious. That's, you could be the wit, Colton. I could be wit. So at the end of this book, when we decide who would be what characters, <laughs> I'm going to make Colton the wit. And I'm going to make Sydney Shalon. <laughs> Honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, I would be Shalon. And the king's wit uh, does a little bit of bullying at Renarin. Well, it's actually funny. Renarin says he refuses to reply to wit because uh, Adolin says, because if you don't reply, you don't have if he, he thinks if he doesn't reply, you'll have nothing to insult him with. Yeah. And so the wit does um wonderful that I can say whatever I want and he'll not object. And he, then he looks at wit turns to Adeline and goes, uh, have I told you about the night Prince Renard and I had two days back walking the streets of the war camps? We came across these two sisters, you see, blue eyed and and Renard and finally jumps in and says, that's not true. And wit goes. Uh, very well. I'll confess, there are actually three sisters, but Pr- Prince Renarin quite unfairly ended up with two of them, and I didn't want to diminish my reputation. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> love him! <laughs> Wit is just a fun character. Like he's just so random, but what a guy! It's so funny. But also, should point out that, um, like we mentioned, he's basically a jester. His name isn't actually Wit. It's just they get called the King's Wit, and they don't and, tell him a real name. Yeah, but he, he doesn't have a real name, and there's also been multiple. 
Yeah. Like, you know, over recent months. And but this one's lasted a while. This, this one's, one's lasted. lasted a little bit longer than some of their others. Yep. Um, and Dalinar's like, bully someone who deserves it. And Wit goes, I think I am Dalinar. And he walks up and says, that one is less fragile than you think him. Which I think he's he's actually bullying Renarin because he thinks people treat Renarin too like a yes. child. I love he's bullying Renarin not because Renarin's easy to bully, but yeah. because it's like, dude is stronger than everyone gives him credit for. Yes. And in the next chapter, a similar thing happens where Dalinar does not give Renarin enough credit. Yeah. Um, but eventually, as he leaves, uh, Adolin's like, "Man, I like him." Yeah. And Renarin went, "I find him unnerving," and Adolin's like. That's half the fun. <laughs> it's so fun. It's supposed to be weird. Um, <laughs> Love it. And then a guy comes up named ba- Bastion and is like, so the hunt should be going in two or three hours. We're already baiting over there. We have the yeah. shawl pulling the pig. Bastion, just to say, Bastion's a dark guide of the first non. And so highest, basically, yeah. he yeah, he's the highest. He is so, like the uh, first non are so high that they actually can marry into light eyed families. Exactly. What would happen then? Whatever the kid Two is. light hat eyes, that would really suck for the kid. But he'll be his first non well, So he will still true. be like in the yeah. upper class society. He just won't be allowed to lead anything. And there's like some some of the lower light eyes would be around equal with the first non-dark yeah. eye. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so essentially they're like baiting on the next plateau and waiting for him to show up so they can pepper the guy with arrows yeah. before they rush him in. And suddenly some screams happen and they turn. And behind them, a 40-foot tall crab monster rises from the cavern. Yeah, and the monster they were looking for. Just yes, saying. yes, the guy they're trying to bait. It's huge, the biggest one they've ever seen. Bastion turns and goes, "Oh, <laughs> so Bastion, Bastion genuinely like turns and goes, well, crap." <laughs> yeah, basically, that is such a fair reaction to have in this situation. Oh, by the way, because the plateau he climbs up on is full of unarmed men, yes. women, children, uh, people yes. not ready. And it's supposed to have they supposed to have like several hours before they were supposed to need a fight. Yes. Well, they also thought that they were going to be able to get him onto the plateau where all the fighters are. Yeah. And instead he went onto the plateau that's supposed to be meant for people who are just there to watch. Yep. Which is so not great. Now it's time for the end of my chapter. And so it goes straight into Sydney's same character. Uh so it's a continuous story, so no theories are needed. Cindy, get us on this chapter. Okay, so chapter 13 is called 10 Heartbeats, and I have a little, I'm going to call it a letter rattle. Um, And it says, I realize that you are probably still angry. That is pleasant to know. Much as your perpetual health, I have come to rely upon your dissatisfaction with me. It is one of the, it is one of the Cosmere's great constants, I should think. And so, yeah, the little, I'm calling it the letter rattle. Uh, The letter rattles. The letter rattles. Like the death rattles, but the letter rattles. (laughs) Also, a reminder, a reminder. These are these are uh, clearly written, and I want you to theorize about who you think this is because also they mention the Cosmere, which yeah. is his like big universe. So it's yeah. clearly a person writing to somebody. I think it's. I wonder if it's someone writing to like, like a god or something. I mean, he's writing to an immortal person. Yes. So because I had said I I had called it the letter rattle, but I also was like, well, maybe it's like a prayer kind of thing. Yeah. But um, no, I think it's I think it's someone whoever's writing it is writing it to like a god or, you know, yes, like a so a god or like, again, one of the people we saw at the very beginning of the book. Yeah, one of those 10, something along those lines. Or it could even be a god writing to a god. Yeah, could be that too. An immortal person writing to an immortal god to a god. Yeah. Um, yeah. OK, ready? Yep. Time to get into this chapter. So. 
basically this whole first part, we're back to Dalinar's perspective. And this whole first part is just him summoning his, summoning his shard blade and counting down while he's doing things. So yeah. if you didn't know already, listeners, uh, to summon a shard blade, it has it's 10 heartbeats. Right. So that can obviously be faster or slower depending what situation you're in. But um, basically this whole first section is just him like starting to run towards, um, you know, the the creature. And as he's going, he's counting down his heartbeats until he eventually gets his shard blade appears in his hand. And uh, by the way, his shard blade is named Oathbringer, which is kind of cool. I think it's a cool name. Um, but he he's running towards uh, the creature, which is like basically trying to kill the unarmed people. And it's it's not great. Uh, he the creature kills a shoal that's there. Um, he's like you know shoving people off the chasms and stuff. And yeah, there's definitely people who are dying. Um, yep, or getting very bad badly injured. And Dalinar's running towards them. He's got a shard blade now. Uh, um, Elokar also has his shard blade, which name is uh, Sunraiser, which is not as cool of a name in my opinion. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not what I would name it. I think Oathbringer is a really cool, a really cool name. But yeah, but the, the, we don't know where the names come from. No, I don't. I assumed. I just assumed they named them, but I don't really know. Oathbringer is such a cool name, though. Yeah, because the concept of this sword is the thing that will bring you to your promises. Yes, that is like is is that it's it's as if calling a gun the promise keeper, where it's like it it gives me the image of like. F- fulfill your word or die. <laughs> yes. Um, but basically, the armies are now trying to fight this creature, and they're trying to shoot, like, arrows at it, but Dalinar knows that's not really going to work. They have to use their shard blades, and so they... Oh, by the way, mentioning, yes. uh, there's also something called great bows that are in this place, and they're only... They're basically giant bows that are fabrials. By the way, a fa- guess what? what's a fabrial? Fabrial, from what well, you understand. A fabrial is the thing that they use for the the soul caster. A soul caster is a fabrial. Oh, darn! What does fabrial mean? Get a guess. Uh, the great bows are also fabrials. Yeah, it's. I think it's just something that's created that's kind of similar that has similar like properties to like a shard blade and stuff. Because they talk about how they can't recreate shard blades and shard. Yes. you know that kind of thing. Um, but so my thoughts are just like a fabrial is something that is created to be stronger. It has like some kind of like certain. Yeah. special powerful properties and things yep. like that so it's, that's a good guess it's like a lower version of a shard blade cool so the fabrial that the, that it's a fabrial bow meaning it's a bow that is like powered by a gemstone yeah and it's so heavy draw that only a shard bearer could pull it back that is an important thing to note because at this point in the fight regular bows are the only thing that's firing yeah um so yeah they're they're trying to shoot him and uh dalinar's like that's not gonna work he knows that he needs to use his blade um the king is trying to also run towards him, and Dalinar's like, no, you need to stay back, uh, which, of course, he doesn't listen. We've learned the king doesn't listen very the king's well. The guy kind of hate the king, to yeah, be honest. he's kind of a child. I mean, yeah. he's not that old, but he's he really just acts like a straight child. He acts like a little baby boy, and it makes me so mad at him. Yeah, um, but Dalinar and Adeline, so they know that this, this creature, just saying, this creature has a lot of legs, and so their plan is to just cut off all the legs with the or not cut them off but make them because shard blades make them like limp and not work anymore yeah and so their plan is to go around and get all the legs and then the creature will fall and they'll be able to kill it easier that way yep um so dalinar and adeline take opposite sides of this creature and they start chopping away at the legs trying to get it and yes ma'am um 
the creature is definitely definitely not having this and the king again is not listening and the king is running towards the well, he gets on his horse and he starts sprinting towards the the creature and ignoring uh dalinar and everything dalinar's telling him he tries to just straight like stab him yeah like stab the creature in the chest which when the creature on top of him is not going to work like the creature standing up the only way they're going to be able to kill him that way is if the creature's fallen over because he's yeah. got no legs and um, uh real quick did you mention what dalinar and adolin are doing yeah they're cutting off the legs good job we're cutting through that. the legs, yes. not off the legs. Well, yeah. they're they're making the legs limp so that yeah, he'll fall over. Living yeah. things cut with a shard blade yes. don't actually cut because of the soul. Yes, so they're I said that. they're they're oh you did? Yes, I I'm did. sorry, I mega <laughs> zoned out. <laughs> I did say that. I was like, Colin, I literally was just talking about this. You want to know what I was doing? What? I was refreshing my memory on what the little like letter things at the beginning of these were. I was like, I was like, oh. I was like, <laughs> I know what this is. I need to go look at it. So I was refreshing my memory onto what exactly the letter uh like was. That's funny. Well, anyways, the king is ignoring Dalinar and trying to uh, basically kill this creature himself. And he ends up getting, like, whacked off of his horse Mm -hmm. and, like, kind of goes flying. He's okay, which is good. I was actually worried he was going to be dead. And (laughs) Dalinar, I think, also felt the same thing. But he's okay. But he's laying on the ground, like, kind of passed out. And all of a sudden, the creature puts a claw above the king. Wait, how did he end up there? He had gotten his saddle girth broke and he yeah. just fell over. I thought you said he got knocked off. Well, kind of. Yeah. His, 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 yeah the his, thing holding his saddle on broke and he toppled off the horse. Yes. He toppled off his horse and uh, he's alive, but he's very dazed. And now he's about to be smooshed by this creature. Yeah. And Dalinar's like, oh, crap. This is not good. And he does manage to um, get the, uh, the king out. But- or, I'm sorry. Not yet. He hasn't gotten to that part yet. Yes. He is trying to distract. Um, he's trying to distract the king, no, or not, not the, the king. king, the creature. Okay. Sorry. Let's let's take a moment to breathe. I was getting there. Elakar's bridle snapped. He's now under the yes. creature. He's... Scary moment. Dalinar's like, "Oh crap! What's going to yes. happen?" Then what distracts the beast? Uh, what's his name? The Sadius. Sadius. Yes. Sadius uh, shoots the big, the great bow, the great bow, and it hits the creature in the head. And it's the only thing that can break the carapace. Yes. Uh, purple goo spews from the hole. Yes. Gross. And, and can I mention this thing? I don't know if you were going to. Okay. Dalinar and Sadius have a moment where they like they like salute each other. Yes. They used to be friends, but they're not anymore. They he it says they hate each other, but they would protect the king. Yeah. That is the uh like that's they both don't like each other, but they both will yes. protect the king, and so that's the only thing keeping them to go. Yes. Oh, we also didn't mention it earlier. Like I said. They used to be friends when uh, the um, king's brother died five years ago. They were really good friends. Yeah. And Ga- when something Gal- happened when, when, died, died. when Gavilar died. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, Sadius hits the um, creature with the bow and it distracts him. And uh, Dal- Dalinar tries to get uh, the king out. And the king's like, nah, and starts literally just screaming up at the creature. And Dalinar's like, you are an idiot. That's basically what he's thinking. He's like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. Like, yeah. he's just trying. The king's just trying to stab him. And he's like, you need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. The king's not not the smartest tool in the shed. Then what happens to Dalinar? Uh, Dalinar gets just straight up flung yeah. by the creature. And he gets really dizzy. Um, but he he is okay. He tells his his horse to go the away. Yeah. Yeah. Also, horse, the Rashadium gets hit, but it's fine. Yeah, the Rashadium is fine. He does tell the horse to go away, which listens, unlike the king, <laughs> who doesn't listen. Uh and um 
The king, again, gets uh, knocked, which is not great. He needs a, a revive. Yeah, he... <laughs> it's just... This whole thing is... Th- this would be such a cool fight scene to watch, like, in, in a, movie? a movie. Colin's yeah. talked about this a lot, but... It would be such a cool fight scene. Da- uh, I about said Dalar Colin. I, <laughs> I was trying to talk to the author Brandon Sanderson, my man Brandon. If you want, if you need a director, I'm studying how to make good video and crap right now, and I have so many ideas on how to make the, this movie work perfectly. My man, hit me up. I would do so good with this movie because I love these books and every part of them. I would make sure, do my very best to make sure that they are represented well on the screen. Yeah. Um, Not that I could do it because no matter what you make, Brandon, I'm sorry to warn you, people are going to yell and scream and be so mad at you for messing up their books, your book. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but I'll do my very best to, <laughs> to avoid that. Yeah. Um, but Dalnar, he stands up after being knocked over and his son, uh, Renarin comes over and is like, can I help you? And Dalinar's like, no, you need to get out of here. You're unarmored and unarmed. You need to get out. And so basically he just, he kicks, uh, Renarin out. Um, which Poor is Renarin. I know I feel he's... pretty bad for Renarin. I understand it though. He's sick. He wouldn't be able to fight. So he's yeah. just trying to protect his son. But I do feel kind of bad for him because he's trying to help, even though he knows that there's not much he could actually do. Yeah. Um, but so Dalinar turns and starts going back towards the king and Adeline is also trying to like protect the king and Adeline gets like yeeted too. Yeah. There's a lot of yeeting in this. <laughs> a lot of throwing people. Yeah, a lot of throwing. Uh, Adeline gets thrown and gets kind of like dizzy and, and knocked yeah. out. And then uh, the king gets knocked over again. Wait, can we dramatically read what happens next? Yes. Hold on. Give me one second. Sorry. Um, the king gets knocked over, his blade disappears, and um, Dalinar thinks that this is his time. Nothing else matters but protecting the king. Yes, and now here comes a dramatic reading. Adolin shook his head, dazed. He slammed his visor up, taking a gasp of fresh air to clear his mind. Fighting. They were fighting. He could hear men screaming, rocks shaking, an enormous bleeding sound. He smelled something moldy, great shell blood. The chasm feed, he thought. Before his mind was even clear, Adolin began summoning his blade again and forced himself to his hands and knees. The monster loomed a short distance away, a dark shadow upon the sky. Adolin had fallen near its right side. As his vision lost its fuzziness, he saw that the king was down and that his armor was cracked from the blow he'd taken earlier. The chasm fiend raised a massive claw, preparing to slam it down. Adolin knew, suddenly, that disaster was upon them. The king would be killed on a simple hunt. The kingdom would shatter. The hybrids divided. The tenuous link that kept them together cut away. No, Adolin thought, stunned, still dazed, trying to stumble forward. And then he saw his father. Dalinar charged towards the king, moving with speed and grace. No man, not even one wearing sharp plate, should be able to manage. He leapt over a rock shelf, then ducked and skidded beneath a claw swinging for him. Other men thought they understood sharp blades and sharp plate. But Dalinar Colin, at times, he proved them all children. Dalinar straightened and leaped, still moving forward cresting by inches a second claw that smashed apart the rocky shelf behind him. It was all just a moment, a breath. The third claw was falling towards the king, and Dalinar roared, leaping forward. He dropped his blade, it hit the ground and puffed away. As he skidded beneath the falling claw, he raised his hands and... and he caught it. He bent beneath the blow, going down on one knee, and the air rang with a resounding clang of carapace against armor. But he caught it. Stormfather! Adolin thought, watching his father stand over the king, bowed beneath the enormous weight of a monster many times his size. Shocked archers hesitated. Sadius lowered his grand bow, 
Adolin's breath caught in his chest. So there's the Blackthorn. Yeah, that's such a cool image. Like, yeah. that's so... I don't even have the words for that. It's just amazing the way he just... Yeet, nope, you're not touching my, my, my nephew. Imagine in a movie the beautiful, ginormous, like, not bass drop, but chorus that would just swell in right then. Yeah. So, like, the moment, intense, intense, music stops for a moment. All you hear is Cat Dalinar's heartbeats as he races across the ground. Uh-huh. And then all of the orchestra comes blasting in as he dives underneath and catches the freaking 40-foot monster on his shoulders. That's yes. awesome. It is really cool. <laughs> it is a really cool image. Yeah. For sure. Um, But after he catches the the claw, um, he starts to struggle. And Ad- Adeline's like, Oh my gosh, I I need to help. And basically, he gets his shard blade. His shard blade forms in his hand. He starts sprinting as fast as he can to get to his father. Yep. And uh, right as he gets there, he's able to like get. Yeah, he gets he gets the legs closest to him as he's getting there. And yeah. All of the other legs, because th- th- at this point, the creature has so few legs for its massive that body. All of its. The other legs just start to snap in half. And Disgusting, but yes. true. And so the creature falls, and um, everyone's okay. Yay. And uh, Elokar uh, stands, and he takes his shard blade and starts stabbing the creature in the chest and eventually kills it and sticks mm-hmm. his, literally his just straight hand. That I mean, his gauntlet, he's got like yeah, armor not, on. Not but, bare hand, but. But he sticks his hand into the creature and pulls out the biggest gemstone that, Adeline's ever seen. Yeah. Which is insane. And it's and at the heart of the, these beasts or where yes. those come from. And that's that's the end of the chapter. Yep. Also, Alucard takes a lot of glory in this moment considering he about got himself killed and had to be saved. I was going to say, but, this dude literally did nothing other than cause problems because he didn't listen and just was being an idiot about how he was attacking and about got himself and other people killed but he's taking all the glory. He's I don't like, think that's I fair. did it. He literally didn't do a single thing. He did nothing to help. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. It wasn't the best moment for sure. Um, but in, uh, you know, you know, sometimes, sometimes people, Sydney, they just need their moment of glory. And you can't be too mad at him for doing his very best, you know? I guess, yeah. No, yeah, but Dalinar, I mean, he even said earlier that that's kind of what he was hoping would happen. Yeah. Like, he he wants this to be, him to be seen as powerful and helpful. Yes. So it's kind of, even though it kind of sucks for them that they did all the work and got another glory, kind of what Dalinar was hoping I for. I wonder how many people actually died. Oh, yeah, like, it mentions sweeping a whole bridge worth of people into the chasm and then, like, that's crushing a I'm bunch like, of... So what's going to happen? Because... A bunch of people died who were innocent and shouldn't have died. So I feel like this is going to harm mm-hmm. the king more than help because they're going to be like, well, you weren't prepared enough to realize that this creature could have popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. And it killed a bunch of people. So I feel like that's going to do more harm than good. Okay. That's couple, my theory. couple things. <laughs> I'm going to do a little moment of what did we learn, if that's okay with you. Okay. What did we learn? One, what they're rushing towards on the place are these giant beasts in a stage called pupating, they say, which is like... I guess, sitting docile. And so they rush to them in order to try and cut them open and get the gem hearts that are valuable. Yeah. And so the Alethi and the Parshendi are both trying to get there first so they can get it easier. Yes. That's what the most of the skirmishes are about. So Sydney got a lot right this week. That's one thing she got wrong consistently was she thought it Darn. was for land. Um, and then... Well, how was I to know? 
Well, you know, you that's what theories are. If you're going gl- <laughs> to glorify and being right, Cindy, I'm going to pull you down a little bit when you get it wrong. Um, well, it's not like I was going to know. What else we learned? Uh, I'm going to – I did this earlier with Cindy to help her understand. I'm going to do a little relationship chart between all the people that we just met so yeah. it makes it clear. Yeah. So, all the people we know, Dal- Galvalar, king who died. Yes. Had a brother whose name is Dalinar Colin. Yes. Had two children, Elokar, who is now the king, Yasna who is now the uh, teacher of Shallan. Yes. Uh, Dalinar has two sons who are Adolin and Renarin. Yes. Gavilar and Dalinar used to have a good friend named Sadius. Sadius is now enemies with Dalinar, but it got he is the owner of the war camp that Kaladin is currently working in. Yes. So Kaladin, that's another reason to dislike Sadius. Yes. Is because he uses bridge crews. It has been stated earlier Dalinar does not use those kinds of bridge crews. Yes. Well, sorry. It's actually the king's the king's camp does it. But yeah. in this chapter, we learned that the king's camp is is actually Dalinar's camp. Yeah. So Dalinar does not use those kind of war crews. Love that. I love that for Dalinar. Yes. Big fan. So that's what we learned. I yes. hope that makes it a little bit more clear and easy to like, you know, kind of grasp who's what. Yeah. Because there were a lot of characters in this. And so we needed to kind of grasp what's going on and who's what. Yep. Alrighty. Anything else? Any theories? Um, not really. You already made your one about it being a bad decision. Yeah. Um, sounds good. I don't have any theories to ask about really because they didn't really set up much th- in, the, in the way of theories in this no, thing. No, not really. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that's it. So now it's time to rank the characters. Woo! Okay, okay. This week, <laughs> <laughs> this I want to see how long I could do it before you reacted. This week we saw several million thousand characters yes took forever so uh as we did last week we're breaking them off camera now right off mic i guess which i think is definitely better yeah that would have been really boring for you guys because it was a lot of like well well i don't know about this character yeah it was not so i'm gonna read every character we saw this week okay we saw and this is not in the ranked order yet we saw kaladin sill gas teft that was chapter one chapter two we saw ishik fast pick mabe grump blunt and thinker the third chapter, we saw Nambalot and Tet Wickham. The fourth chapter, we saw Seth, Took, Tun, and Amark. In the last two chapters, we saw all the same characters. We saw Elikar, Sadius, Adolin, Renarin, Dalinar, Va- Vama, Terralar, Vartian, Lomard, Wit, and Bashin. Yep. So, holy crap, did we see a lot of people. We did um, see a lot of people. This list is so much longer than our previous ones. So now we can go through really quick and discuss why we put everybody where we did. Yes. So we put... Of course, because we didn't see Shallan, she kind of got she got dipped for this week. So the characters we saw this week, uh, the top is definitely Kaladin. Yes, so followed, Kaladin's the top, followed by Sil. Sil, yes, because she came back and we love her, and she saved Kaladin's life. Super sweet moment. Yeah, I almost want to switch them, but I don't think I do yet. Um, no, I think. Yeah, I, I think like, it's good. Yeah, I think Kaladin still needs to. Then we top. saw. Then this is a controversial pick. I said we should put him here. Ishik is now our third favorite from this week because Ishik. Is such a chill dude. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure I agree with it, but Colton is right. He is a pretty chill dude. I don't know that I would have ranked him this high if it was just me, but he he is a chill dude. I'm a fan. Yeah. So I w- it's fine. Uh, Then we had Adolin and Dalinar together. Adolin first because we liked him more. Yeah. They are both very honorable, very cool people. Yep. Then we have Wit. Yep. Because he's hilarious. Then we have Seth because he's cool. Then we have Mae because she's trying to nail down each shake and that's me. <laughs> They'd then, be a cute couple. They would be a cute couple. Then we have Renarin. Yep. 
And those are our characters we care about. Now we enter the characters who are in the living tier, but we do not care about because they will not ever. Well, some of the ones at the bottom we do. But... Yeah, but we're, we're, I'll say when we enter that. Okay, okay. So we the in the in the we don't care. We have in this order. They are thought. Of, we did think about the order, but this yeah. is it: a Mark, Teft, Thaspic, Grump, Blunt, Thinker, Ton, Tet, Wickham, Bashin, Vama, Tarlar. Now we're in this like area. Yes. We actively dislike, but they're still alive, so they're in the same tier. Yes. Uh, we actively dislike, but not enough to wish them death. Yes. Vartian, Lomard, because they talk crap about Dalinar. Yes. Elokar, because he's a whiny baby boy. He is a whiny baby boy. <laughs> Sadius, because he's kind of really rude to Dalinar for no reason. Yes. And then Nonbalat, because he's a sadist. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah, not great. Not We don't dislike them enough to put them in the wish you were dead. Yeah. But they're definitely not our favorite characters. We don't we like non blots on the line for me, but I don't think he deserves death. I just think he's a I weird feel, okay. dude. <laughs> I don't yes. I don't think he deserves death because he doesn't like to kill people. So yeah. there's that. But also it's kind of terrible what he's doing. That's animal abuse, and that's just awful. Yes. And but also I feel bad for him because yeah. the reason he's like this is because his dad was abusive. And yeah. that's not his fault. And so I feel bad for him because of and that. And that echoes out through all of the characters that he like. The reason, yes. what part of the reason I love Shallan so much, I love her more and more. The more you learn about her backstory and still yes. how strong she's able to be, yes, love that. Yes. Uh, then the wish you were dead, only the one Gaz. We hate him. We very strongly dislike Gaz, and we have a dead character who we also very dislike. Took. Yeah, but so, you wouldn't know because he just done died. Yeah, so we didn't get to rank him in the very strongly dislike you. But we still well, okay. Do actually, dislike I have a lot. question for you. Yes, out of Gaz and Took, who do you dislike the most? Oh, I, I like Gaz less. Okay, I would agree Took with that. Took advantage of his power, but he's just kind of a dumb drunk boy. Gaz is actively killing lots of people. Yes, I agree with that. I was just curious. Okay, and now we have our, our all-time top and bottom five that we do. Yeah. Um, Sydney, read us last week's top and bottom five. Okay, so our top five last week was Shalon, Kaladin, Yalb, Yasna, and Syl. And then our bottom five was Artmiran, Larish, Tavlakov, Hashai, and Gaz. We've got a few more people that actively dislike. Yes. Yeah, the bottom five was mostly filled with people who were just kind of like, eh, towards. Yeah. So now we are able to... Uh, the bottom five has changed a lot. Now we're able to actually actively dislike people and like there's more to dislike. Yes. So our top five of all time right now, we have Kaladin number one. Yes, because he's cool. We like Kaladin. Yes. We have Syl number two. Because she's saved Kaladin's life. We have Shallan because she still deserves to be there. Yes, we love her, but she's disappeared. And I'm going to be really sad if she dips out of the top five eventually. She might, she, she might start waning here in a bit. And but that she'll makes come me back sad. eventually. No, I know she'll come back eventually, but that makes me sad. At least I hope so, unless there's a plot twist and she yeah. turns out to be a horrible human being. Then we have the new entrance to the list. Yes. Adolin and Dalinar both sneak onto the bottom. Yes. Um, I think they're cool characters. Adolin. Yes. Um, Dalinar is very honorable. I liked him a lot. Yep. Uh, he's he's cool, even though he's kind of going crazy. He he's cool. <laughs> well, we don't know exactly well, this. No, though. yeah, but he I think he's cool. Adolin, even though he's a player, I think is also cool. He clearly cares a lot about his father, yep. which is why I think I put we put him above a, a lot of respect because he he's very respectful to his father. He does what his father wishes. He is also he's just really cool. He he's just he really loves his family, and you can tell. And so I think he deserves top five for sure. Yep. Now we enter bottom five. So Hashai, the first two weeks was the second worst character. Yes. She has now retreated all the way down to being the fifth. Well, worst. we haven't seen her. Yeah. Since like. The first week, the echoes of her butt holiness still ring to <laughs> still ring true, but she's dropped down to but the fifth holiness. worst. Um, the fourth worst, uh, because we've we've he is actively taking action. The yeah. shy did stuff, kind of her job, whatever. Sadius 
actively taking action to be mean. Yes. We don't wish him death quite yet. No. But he's still a jerk. But he's still a jerk and we still don't like him. So he he hits the bottom five. Then non-Balot sneaks in right under Stadius because he is a weird beard. A weird beard? He tortures animals for no reason, deserves this place. Yeah. Then our fourth least favorite character of the entire book so far is named Took. Because Took just made a dude cut himself because he could. Yeah. Bad not, move, man. Yeah, not a great dude. It was kind of funny when we were talking about the bottom five. There's just a, not a lot of characters that were like, we really, really dislike them. There's some characters that were like, man, not fond of them. Yeah. But it was kind of tricky to make the bottom five because there's a lot of characters that were just like, well, they're not great, but I don't like yeah. actively hate them. But ringing strong. Oh, yes. Bringing in the, the bottom, bottom. Mr. Gaz. You know what would be an insane plot twist? If he ever made it to top five. Yes, if Gaz became like our favorite character somehow, (laughs) that would be such a plot twist. I don't think that's going to happen because chances are the people in the bottom five are never going to make it to the top five. Yeah. The people from the top five could 100% totally make it to the bottom five. For sure. But chances are none of them are going to have a turnaround enough to make it. Well, I guess the only person I think I could see, well, actually, I changed my mind on that. I think I could see Non-Balot having a redemptive better. Arc. Yes, I think I could see him having a redemptive arc. I could also see Sadius having a redemptive arc. Mm. Like I those those two I think I could see having a redemptive arc. So I changed my mind. There totally could be a redemptive arc. And Gaz so is not going to be one of them, I don't think. We because of the top and bottom 5, it allows us to keep track of our overall favorites throughout the books. Yeah. So, I'm not going to read out all the numbers. I'm just going to say the the standout points. Um Kaladin because he's managed to stay so high so often, has managed to get his score all the way up to positive 14 for three weeks is crazy. Big fan of Kaladin. But our our person with the highest standard deviation, meaning the farthest from zero, yeah. is Mr. Gaz himself with a perfect score <laughs> of negative 15. Yeah. So basically what we're doing is at the end of this book, we're going to go through and look at, our, we'll make our top five, bottom five based on the numbers who have the highest positive points and who has the lo- lowest negative or I guess the highest negative yeah. point. So the idea is every book has so many people we just don't remember or care about. Yeah. This will keep track of the people who we've ever cared about so that in future when we go back to look through it's like, oh yeah, I remember caring about Leatherfaced Man. Yeah. Like that kind of a thing. So it should be pretty chill. Yes. All righty. Uh, that's all the content we have for you. Yeah. So now if you're the worst, you can click off now. But if you're a kind of person who wants to stay and chill and hang with us, then hello. Now it's time for the jazz session. Make sure next week you've read chapters. 14, 15, and 16. So just three. Or else, you know, I'm just going to send a chasm feed right down on your head. Just a plop right on top. Right. No no Dalinar to catch it for you. No Dalinar to catch that claw for you. Sorry. So I guess you better be reading. Make sure you're looking up because it might just appear there. It might just, you're not. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, along with that, make sure you are giving m- lots of claps and loves to, to uh, the person who made our theme music, whose name is Alesia. For make- and the song he made is Windrunner Remake. That is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. Actually, I feel like the word Windrunner popped up in one of these chapters, but I don't remember which one. Hmm. I just thought I noticed it and was like, oh, Windrunner, but I don't remember where I saw it. Hmm. Okay, anyways. Sounds good. (laughs) I have no opinions to give you. (laughs) 
I may have been making it up, but I feel like I remember that. Um, so yeah, he hit the music is baller. We appreciate him for letting us to use it. Um, also, thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. It, it, it means so much to us that you're out here uh, chilling and vibing and keeping it tight with us because we love doing it. And guys, guess what? What? We love you. We love you. Peace. That feels weird to edit that way. I want to do a little bit more than that. So if you just you the, the listener just got literally faked out. We, we just we just pump fakes to them like we're gonna end the episode. Um, no, I have one more thing to say about uh, before we go. Okay. <laughs> Would if you listen this far, okay? If you I got really close to the mic by accident. If you listen this far, comment on our Instagram post for this yeah. this episode and confuse everyone. Say say. Um, oh man, can you say the word leotard for me? Okay. Yeah. Say the word leotard. Just comment leotard for Colton. Um, we would appreciate that. Uh, follow us on Instagram. It's in the description. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Cindy Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show is over.